right, welcome back into another episode of the Idea Collision. My name is Andrew Green. I'm the host of the podcast, and uh, we've been looking at a series of topics that are connected to society, to agenda, uh, various things like that, culture, uh, the way that it's affected by the priorities that we have. And just to recap the ideas that we, we looked at before, we, we looked at um, this is probably several months ago or a month and a half ago, we looked at four agendas that people have. And they're not bad agendas um, necessarily in and of themselves. The problem is how they're prioritized and, and how strong of an importance we place on them, what we do with them. Uh, you know, like wanting wanting some form of distraction, entertainment. That's not a bad thing. It's just when it becomes very, very extremely important, takes over our lives. Money, family, these are all good things. It's it's just when they, they 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 become more important than they're supposed to be. And of course, the most important thing that should be an agenda is is our spirituality. Unfortunately, that's that's often not one of those four that we have. You know, that would be a fifth one and and a lot of times people ignore that even though it's probably the most central part of you by design. Well, we're going to look at what happens when these do get out of line, specifically, uh, when they're misprioritized. I want to look at the consequences of that. Whenever anything gets, I'm going to use a word here, and it will probably trigger some of you, but but uh, whenever things get out of line, there is a reset. When when we hear reset, we think politics. Well, politics is a, an aspect of this, of course. A politics is not a bad word. It's not a bad thing. A lot of people hate the word politics because there's way too much of it. People have prioritized it too much, but but it is a necessary part of, of you know, a function of society is having you know some sort of order and structure. But uh, any any type of uh, priority out of line will find a reset. It will apply to politics as well. But that's not really where I'm focusing. Um, so so if you're hearing reset and thinking this is a political discussion. It's not really. Uh, I, I'm just using the word in its actual meaning, which is basically to get things back to normal, right? The way it is supposed to be and working, functioning properly. When we hear the word normal, we think of uh, things that uh, we've heard that word too, getting back to the new normal. We like that. Uh, or we don't like that, depending on how your mind hears that that phrase. But getting back to normal feels good. A lot of people who have gone through trauma and tragedy want to feel normal, and then they realize that there's going to be a new normal. That it's they're not going to feel the way they did before, but they will be. They will find themselves in a stable position, and and, and the process of accepting what that looks like is is not always easy, and it is often turbulent. And that's the point. The process of resetting is almost always turbulent. One of the best examples for this would be really to look at any aspect of nature and find out. And I like to use this illustration. I'm not a meteorologist, but I understand how some things work. And um, I know that, for example, hot air and cold air have a way that they like to work together. And typically, warm finds itself on top of cold air. That's the way it's supposed to function. Every once in a while, for whatever reason, and this I could not explain because I'm not a meteorologist, uh, I don't know if it has to do with how fast one moves in and it just kind of 
you know, chaotically happens that a mass of cold air will find itself on top of warm air. And it doesn't want to be there. It's heavy. It's dense. And and warm air wants to be on top. It's lighter. It likes it up there. And they agree on that. The, the problem is they find themselves where they're not supposed to be. And so they seek a resolution. Now, a lot of times it's just, you know, they kind of filter and and it's windy for a little while and, and until things calm down. But every once in a while, this pocket of warm air, uh, <clears throat> again, for reasons I don't understand, it it, it, it just resists this uh, a gentler resolution. And so the cold air determines it's going to find a way down. And, and when it does, it, it, a lot of times it'll find like a little spot. And it all once it does, it's going to all go through that spot. Maybe one over two over here or whatever, but but we call these tornadoes. It, it's all that cold air trying to find down it. So so it funnels itself down. It looks a lot like your bathtub emptying out, right? And and so so it's very violent. And we see the process of violence, and it, the the degree of violence depends on how much cold air and and how many holes and and uh, and how big that hole is to to get down through, and all those different factors. But 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 it's this this process of of things trying to get back to normal, this reset of where the environment is upside down for whatever chaotic reason. Well, that's what really serves as a great illustration of, of our lives when our lives have priorities that are upside down and, and they're going to get back to normal. Um, so, so uh, for example, we established uh, kind of the idea that a lot of people will say, well, family is most important, but their lives illustrate that money is more important. Money, so so they'll they'll have they're pursuing jobs, they're pursuing wealth, they're pursuing all these things at the expense of family. Uh, if they have a family, they're not spending much time with it, right, or with them. Uh, if they are really uh, focused on wealth, they're just not going to start a family. Uh, all these things get upside down, and so what happens is. This gets up the upside down in a society. Right? Think about um, what's happened. So, so uh, and, and you can see this in in life, uh, recent life. Um, so we're, we're going to look at several examples of this, but I just want to look at kind of prosperity right now, uh, today, and see how this illustrates in in prosperity. Um, let, let's put that on pause and come back to that idea because there's a couple things I want to develop at once here. Uh, we talk about taxes. We're very upset about taxes. I was in a conversation this week, and the guy was really going on about this, the government and, and, and the taxes. They're, they're greedy. They always want more, and they never, they're never satisfied. And, and those may all be true statements. I'm not going to argue with those. It does feel like that from time to time, uh, especially when I have to pay them. Uh, but... What are we really upset about when it when it's when we see they're out of line, right? Um, the we can tell they're out of line. I I can't always make the the personal applications, but that we can tell they're taking too much. Right? It's not a political podcast. It just makes an, a great point. When governments make these priorities and and are out of line in their priorities, there's always a reset. Uh, you go back in history, there's always a reset. Uh, it depend doesn't make a difference what kind of government. I, if you're in a, a more democratic type of a government, 
we'll see what's called a wave election. It's people just just massively say, this is out of line. We're voting you all out. And um, and so so they do that. But but when they cannot do that, they, they will reset it violently. Uh, there will be what we call revolution. And uh, uh, the French Revolution, the Bolshevik Revolution, these are all over money. You say, Andrew, what about the American Revolution? That was about, uh, people will go on about how that was about religious freedom. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was about money. It was about no taxation without representation. That's that's the source of it all. That's the Boston Tea Party. It was not about religious freedom at all. That had nothing to do with religious freedom. The American, uh, the American Revolution is about money. Um, maybe there were some philosophical ideas just about freedom in general, but the freedom that they were wanting was the freedom from being overly taxed. Uh, that started it all. So, uh, so there was a reset. Revolution is almost always about money. So, uh, in a government that is out of line, that you are under. So, uh, so, but what? Why are people so viscerally angry at the government taking all this money? Well, because it's seen as limiting their personal prosperity. Now, sometimes it's not even prosperity that it's limiting; it's just their ability to survive. Like in the French Revolution. Uh, it's not just inconveniencing anymore. It's just if we're ha we're having difficulty eating, and you guys are having lavish parties. This is out of line, uh, and so they will eventually do something about it. I'm not promoting revolution. I'm just making an observation. Our country is on this path. I don't know how far on this path we are, but but we are on this path where where people are starting to get very disgruntled with, and and there is an anger underneath. It's going to come to a point where there is resolution, where where things seek a new normal. It will be violent. It will be violent for everybody, even the people who are not uh, not really upset as others. It will be violent. Uh, how violent depends on how it's resolved. I don't know. What do you want from prosperity? When we see people, this, the government's limiting my prosperity. What do you want? from prosperity. Well, most people want to live comfortably, right? I want to live comfortably, which means those it's the lower ends really of uh of those agendas that we have. And and they become up on top is what happens. This is the personal kind of that uh in inability to see our own, you know, our own blind spots, I guess. I want entertainment. I want, um, I want to be able to go out to restaurants, right? I want money for being able to go out to restaurants and enjoy uh, all my cable packages. I don't really have cable, but, but a lot of people, like, I want to watch my sports all the time. Like, whatever it is, I want to be able to do fun stuff. I want to go to the movies. I want to buy the video games. I want to... Um, Whatever form of entertainment, I want to stream this channel, I want to that. And, and and so they have a high priority of wanting to do that stuff. And the government is impacting that. Or another area of prosperity is my comfort level. Not my fun level, but my comfort level. In other words, when I come home, I want a really nice house. Okay? I want nice furniture. Okay? I want gadgets. Right? 
and that kind of crosses over into entertainment, but but ease of life. So you, all your all your screens, all your gadgets that you have, or whatever technology you have in your home. Uh, you know, I want to be able to. Uh, I want to be able to turn on my heat from across the country or check this. So we got these security systems. We got all this, you know, everything is plugged in and, and to something that I can run from my phone and it feels easy. You know, it's my ease of life stuff. I want a nice car. Uh, I want, um, I want stuff. And so money is the ability to have this comfort, this ease. Um, and we see government eating into that ability. I can't do that because I have taxes and I have this and, and now things are getting more expensive. And, and so I, I have to start making choices. Um, I read Little House on the Prairie. We've read it a number of times. Our daughter really liked the book. So we, we read them. And I was struck by how much of life was simply trying to exist. The guy gets up, he goes hunting. The guy gets up, he works on the farm. The guy gets up, he's, you know, splitting logs to make beams and make planks and make stuff for a house. It, it, that was his life. And it was 365 days a year that he did this. That, I mean, uh, that was that was all of his life, was trying to eke out an existence. So, so not a lot of comfort, you know. Comfort for them was, you know, he he went somewhere and bought like a little, uh, a little toy or a trinket, and and that was Christmas and and a piece of peppermint or you know like like that was that was luxury item, and it happened very infrequently because their energy and money was was for survival, and that. What struck me was this is only 150 years ago. It's only in really modern lifetimes that that we're we're so much into ease that it, it it's 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 worked its way to where things are upside down in society. I'm not saying that's the way it should be. Maybe you should have a little bit more ease than that. But but that was normal at that time, at least for most people. Well, as we became more prosperous as a country, what happened is we had a, a this this increasing desire for stuff, ease, wanting to live like people that we thought that this is how this is how you're supposed to live, and so this led to fewer children. Well, what does fewer children mean? And, and those we have today, quite frankly, all I hear from employers is complaints about how they work and things like that. They don't want to show up or work, whatever. So we have fewer children, which leads to a smaller labor force. A smaller labor force means what? Well, stuff has to get downsized. So so what goes first in a lot of in society is what's not necessary. Okay. Well, what's not necessary? Restaurants. How many restaurants do you know of that are closed down because they don't have workers or just whatever they can't afford things or what have you? I know of I know of like two restaurants that I really like that are done and gone this year. Oh, and a, another one that that I wanted to try and just found out they just barely closed down. I was like, ah, oh, I wanted to try that restaurant. 
And uh, but, but it's downsizing, right? Because why? Why is there fewer things? Well, things are in what's called a financial reset. There's fewer workers. Things are being eliminated. Now, I want you to think about this. Our prosperity desires tend towards the unhealthy, right? Restaurants really aren't healthy. Uh, sitting on your backside playing video games and watching movies for an extended period of time is not healthy, right? All of these things are not really healthy. So when there's a reset and you have to like, oh, my goodness, if I want to eat food, I'm going to have to go get a job. Okay. Uh, or when when a place goes out of business because it doesn't have workers, there's fewer restaurants, you can't afford restaurants anyway because you don't have as much money. What are things doing? They're resetting, and they are making life healthier, actually. You're eating out less often. Guess what? That's good for you. Um, so... so you know what? I, I I can't afford all of uh, all of everything. I might you know I might if it's nearby I might walk there. Okay, things are resetting. It, it's it's getting a little healthier. Um, what have you? We start end up being forced to make decisions as things reset that will make life healthier and better for us. And, and that's nature. Nature wants to go back to where things are stable. The process isn't comfortable because we get used to life upside down. And then life upside down says, I cannot sustain this. I, I'm used to being, uh, I, I'm used to having all the stuff. And now I have to make decisions about what stuff to have. Now, in the process of this, one of the ways things have gotten out of, uh, out of kilter uh, has, it, it, it hasn't come to a head yet. Uh, and it will. Let's go back to a little bit of politics because this is important. Why is the government greedy? That's an important question because we always look at the government <clears throat> and we don't really consider why they're so greedy. Where do these people come from that are so greedy? Well, they are, in our country, elected. Well, that means they're just citizens. And... They are the way they are because we are the way we are. They are elected from among us. Now, they might not be like you in terms of they, they're probably rich. They're probably raised in politics, but not always. But they are universally citizens. And um, so so they have the character that we identify with. If, if When people are out of line with our character, we, we think they're odd and we don't vote for them. We, we vote for people that make us feel like us. Or, the, or that remind us of us. They do things the way we would do. They represent us. They are representatives, like it or not. They're not happy with what they have politically because we're not happy with what we have as citizens, as people. We are not satisfied, and we have to have more stuff. So guess what? When they... Citizens who don't like having enough become politicians. They bring that same concept to their job. And so, just as an illustration, I read in 2023 for the first time. We're not even out of 2023 yet. And for the first time in the United States' history, 
American credit card debt has topped $1 trillion. Trillion. The median credit card debt for a household is about $7,500. The average household, that, now we're not even talking about car debt and, um, and house debt. We're, that that's that's called necessary debt, and and that which is debatable, but even putting that aside, this is just buying stuff debt, for the most part. Every once in a while, you have an emergency and like dental bills or whatever that have to go on a credit card. Okay, fine. Seven thousand dollars is wanting stuff and not having the money to pay for it, and and and. The average household, so so if there's a home that has no debt, credit card-wise, that means there's a house somewhere that has $14,000 of debt, right? That That's just that's what we call an average. It's a mean. It's a median, whatever. That's the way statistics work. And so, so people, Americans, on average, are greedy. Oh, that sounds harsh. Well, we're not satisfied. Call it what you want. But our lives are out of kilter. And these are the people that we elect our government from. So so why should we expect them to be any different than we are? We have the same character. And so there is a reset coming. You may not like that, but there is a reset coming. That, that is not sustainable. Uh, that, that growth of debt, e- either in a country, which is just a collection of human beings. So, so it's going to be unpleasant for everybody. When things crash, when things crash, it's 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 harsh on everyone. This has happened before; it will happen again unless unless everyone decided to be like fiscally responsible this year. We could mitigate that, and, and if we could do that, then probably if we suddenly had this character change, then 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 we would start not identifying with the people who were in there, and people from among us who have this character would start getting elected, and that would have you know uh, an impact on who our political leaders were and they would start acting responsible but that's not going to happen until character individually changes and this is where it becomes a spiritual point for you where i leave with you is not discontent or not fear for what's going to happen the bible makes the statement godliness with contentment is great gain this is what you can do to mitigate your local damage, right? I, I can't prevent the damage from happening. This is going to be turbulent. But but what you can do to mitigate a little bit how violent things will be in your neck of the woods is to operate that spiritual principle, principle that godliness with contentment is great gain. If you need less stuff now, then what you have goes further. What you have then becomes a surplus, even with higher taxes or whatever, with with inflation. You can still pay down your credit cards, right? You can still start making those financially uh, responsible decisions. And when you do that, it's going to limit your personal disaster. You're going to have less distance to fall when things do reset. And again, I don't know. I'm not a prognosticator. I don't know. It could be 20 years. It could be 10 years. It could be six months. I don't know. I know that I have eyeballs, and I can tell certain things, much like I can look at the weather and tell certain things. I can't explain everything to you. Uh, I can't predict when a crash would start. 
stop. Just like I can't predict when a tornado is going to happen. I can just tell you that when things get out of order, there's going to be a reset. Um, and, and so my encouragement to you is to analyze where you are at in terms of your contentment factor. And then start saying, I need to make some adjustments. And in making, in making some adjustments, that's going to free up this money. This money being freed up, I'm going to put towards getting myself uh, myself out of a vulnerable situation where in my own life things are upside down. And and so when society as a whole resets, at least it will mitigate what I am going to personally suffer a little bit less. Uh, I hope that you make that decision this week to start to start altering that. It's not an, a, a quick process, uh, but I'm telling you, uh, I've made that decision a while ago. And uh, and getting out of debt was was great. I am unfortunately in debt because of those aforementioned dental bills and, and dental surgery that I had to have. But that's it. That's what's on. That's what's the only thing that's on my my docket in the in the red column. Right? Is is that thing that emergency thing? And so so taking care of those, making a decision to take care of those, and being content. That spiritual idea, being content with what you have, is going to uh, help you out in the long run. I, I hope you start to have uh, this week, start to have uh, peace from that uh, and, and, and making those decisions. And we will see you next week uh, as we kind of continue to explore some of this idea of, of resetting things culturally and individually.